Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, where winners eat. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where the Indians are taking on the Mets in interleague play this weekend. It's been an interesting first week of the season, and we'll recap it for you with our week in review. We will also hear from Indians catcher Jan Gomes. We'll have a full farm report from Carter Hawkins, the Indians' director of player development, and also hear from Indians center fielder Tyler Naquin, the rookie. That's all coming up as we get rolling with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. The Indians heading deeper into the second week of the season, and they do so heading into play on Saturday with a 500 record after Friday night's defeat at home against the New York Mets. Monday was an off day as we begin our look back at the week in review, and the Indians got back to it on Tuesday down in St. Pete. They lost to the Tampa Bay Rays 5-1, a close game until late. That's when the Rays hit a couple of home runs to win it by that 5-1 final score. But a good bounce back on Wednesday, a 4-1 win in Tampa. The big story, another great outing by Carlos Carrasco at Tropicana Field, the scene of last year's near no-hitter when he came within one strike of a no-hitter against the Rays. This time, the base hit was taken out of play early, but Carrasco was on fire early with the strikeouts. Now the 0-2 pitch, and Casale takes strike three called. Carrasco strikes out the side and has four in the game. 
three innings in the books. Both pitchers are perfect. Drive and raise, no score. The Indians would give him some offense first with Frankie Lindor picking up an RBI. Swung on, ground ball, shortstop. Miller spins, throws to second for one, on to first, not in time. Davis scores from third. Lindor avoids the double play, and the Indians grab the lead, 1-0. And then Carlos Santana with one of the more unlikely sacrifice flies that led to two runs that you'll ever see. The pitch swung on, popped up, shallow, shallow right, going out the second baseman and making the catch is Forsythe, tagging, heading for home is Lindor. He slides in safely under a high throw, a throw that ended up going out of play, and that will allow Napoli to score as well. Two runs come in on the pop-up to the second baseman, and the Indians take a 3-0 lead. And then at the end, it was Jason Kipnis providing some thump. Ramirez into the windup and the 1-1. Swung on, hit high and deep to right. This ball's got a chance. Gone for Kipnis. Kipnis gets his first home run on a towering blast to right. And the Indians have a 4-0 lead here in inning number 8. Good defense in that ball game as well. Rajay Davis cutting down a raised base runner trying to score in a, a critical play in the eighth inning. The 2-1 swing and a bouncing ball in the hole by the b- diving Lindor. Caselli will try to score. Davis up throwing to the plate on one hop slide. Tag out at the plate. A one hop throw to the plate by left fielder Rajay Davis. And he guns down Kurt Caselli who was coming from second and running like he had a piano strapped to his back. Then it was Mike Napoli with a fine defensive play to start the ninth inning. The wind and the pitch, and it's swung on, smashed to first. Diving to the line, Napoli has it. Gets up, goes to the bag for the out, and he took away at least a double on a dive to the line to rob Logan Morrison. Oh, what a big play by Mike Napoli to start the bottom of the ninth. And on for the save, the always reliable Cody Allen. Jennings awaits the payoff pitch and pitch number nine of the at-bat. Here it comes. A swing and a miss. Ball game. Cody Allen went back to the fastball and blew away Desmond Jennings. And Cody Allen notches his second save of the year. And Carlos Carrasco gets win number one in a flat-out dominant performance after the game Carrasco stopped by to talk about his solid performance Carlos I know you've moved here in the offseason my goodness can you move this ballpark to Cleveland the way you pitch here <laughs> yeah you know what it's something every time when, when I come and play here it's, it's something special here you know I got my family my friend everyone in here but you know what I think the more important just getting there trying to have fun and, and, you know, give you the opportunity to uh, win the game. Carlos, you look at your performance tonight and and about 30 pitches less than that gem that you had here last July. Uh, are you conscious of trying to be more efficient or is that just the way the game worked out tonight? <laughs> That's the, that was the game, you know, the way they, they work out tonight. But you know what? I feel I feel really great today. You know, Gomez behind the home plate, uh, my teammate behind me, they made nice play and you know what? It's something uh, that made me feel great. You know, 
to pitch in here and to pitch in Cleveland or everywhere. Just trying, you know, trying to do my best, and, and that's what I'm going to do every five days. Carlos, we've talked about it. Everybody raved about the New York Mets starting rotation. It took them to the World Series a year ago. If you talk to the Kansas City Royals, who played the Mets in the World Series, they said, well, we were ready for the Mets because the Indians have a better rotation. You, you guys take great pride in that, don't you? You know what? Uh, yes. If, yeah, for me, it's kind of here uh, to say that the Cleveland Indians had a great rotation. That made me feel good. Good about my teammates, uh, the other guys, Anderson, uh, Salazar, Tomlin, Kluber, including me. We all great, man. And uh, we have a great a bullpen. And um, I think we're going to beat a, a really big, you know, um, this uh, season. With the starting pitcher and the team where we have right now, I feel pretty good. And you have a chance to follow Kluber in the rotation. Big benefit to, to see what he did last night in terms of your strategy tonight? Yes, yes. Last night, the way the Kluber pitched last night, and that's 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 what I did. You know, trying to learn a little bit, those guys first pitch, swing every every time. So I just kind of missed it out a little bit today, and that's that's what I did kind of uh, use my fastball in the beginning and just finish uh, with my breaking ball. On the second inning, I just start uh, throwing my breaking ball and then finish with fastball. Just trying to to, uh, to change that a little bit, and uh, that's um, what we have to do, and that's what we have to learn every day when Kluber uh, take the mound, uh, Anderson, myself, um, Tom Blim. So we are here to learn every, uh, from, each, uh, from each guy. Well, you were magnificent. A great show again tonight, Carlos. Congratulations and thanks. All right. Thank you, guys. Well, the Indians are going for the series victory on Thursday afternoon down in St. Pete, and it was more good pitching this time from Danny Salazar. More on that in a moment. But first, the good stuff offensively, and it was Francisco Lindor coming through once again to break a scoreless tie in the fifth. The 2-1. Swung on, ground ball, right side, on through, base hit. Heading for third and being waved home is Perez. Here comes the throw. Perez slides and he's safe. The ball gets past the catcher and moving up to third is Davis and to second is Lindor. And the RBI single by Lindor puts the Indians on top 1-0. Then in the sixth inning, the Indians unleashed the Thunder. Marlon Bird first. Tampa Bay has activity in its bullpen because Chris Archer now is at 100 pitches. Bird swings and drives one. Deep to left center. Away back. Gone. Marlon Bird with a two-run blast to left center. His first home run as an Indian. And it's a 3-0 Tribe lead here in the sixth. So Chris Archer, after 100 pitches... Gives up what could be a game-breaking two-run homer to left center. And that's why Marlon Byrd was signed late in spring training. He got a slider that stayed up, and he pummeled it. Then Rajay Davis. Davis swings, stends one high and deep to left. It's got a chance. It's on its way. Gone! Rajay Davis gets his first home run as an Indian. And the Indians have a three-run sixth. And the Indians now have a 4-0 lead. And Rajay Davis with a homer, a single, a walk, and two steals today. Meanwhile, Salazar was sizzling, 
dominating with strikeouts. Now the set. Again, the 3-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Salazar went off speed. And he strikes out his ninth Tampa Bay Ray. Oh, another tremendous split change from Danny Salazar. And he's got so much confidence in that pitch, throwing it at 3-2. Salazar would get the win, and the Indians would keep on scoring. Tyler Naquin getting in the act in the seventh. The 1-0 pitch. A swing and a little flare job to shallow left. It's dropping quickly, and it drops for a base hit. In to scores, Napoli, on the bloop single to left by Naquin. Stopping at second is Cowgill. And Tyler Naquin gets his first Major League RBI. And the Indians have themselves a 5-0 lead. And Jose Ramirez would finish things up scoring-wise in the ninth. Now the 1-2. A swing and a long drive to right. Back goes Souza on the track. It's at the wall. It is gone! Jose Ramirez with a line drive home run to right. 6-0 Indians. Ramirez first home run of the year. The Indians' third home run today. At the end, it was Trevor Bauer on the mound to finish things up. Now the set in the 1-2 pitch. And Souza takes strike three, called a curveball, ball game. Bauer strikes out the side. And the Indians win the rubber match. Tribal winner today, 6-0. As the Indians get their first shutout of the campaign. After the game, Rajay Davis stopped by to talk about a solid Tribe win. We're going to be joined by Indians outfielder Rajay Davis, who had a big day. He had a home run, two singles, a couple of stolen bases, threw out a runner last night. Rajay, it, it might be tough to leave this ballpark the way you've been playing. Well, I'm just glad to help us win and get an opportunity to play. And, and you get that opportunity indoors, Rajay. And I know you'd rather play outdoors, but the way the weather has been early this season, how enjoyable was it to actually play in short sleeves and warm weather? Well, even even before that, um, just taking batting practice on the field, um, you know, just getting your your sights set. And that's that's uh, something we take for granted too. You know, we we weren't able to take batting practice most of those days. We were so cold. Rajay, you signed here with the Indians. You'd been such a thorn in the Indian side for the last couple of years with Detroit, but you saw this ball club 19 times a year, and with its pitching, does that come into play when you're looking for a new home? Oh, absolutely. That that certainly does. Um, this is definitely uh, an organization going and headed in the right direction and uh, definitely want to be a part of that. Anything surprised you since you've been here now for a spring training and, and getting into the season now that that's been a pleasant surprise for you? Yeah, this just the way uh, the staff here, the organization treats their players. It's uh, first class, one to none. You know, we hear that, Rajay, but that is a big deal, isn't it? It's not always that way. No, it's not. I've, I've played now with, you know, this is my sixth organization, and uh, it's definitely a difference here. Well, good news, Rajay, 60 degrees when we go home. Oh, excited about that. <laughs> Just brighten my day even more. <laughs> hey, great job today, Rajay. All right, thanks for having me. And then on Friday night, the Indians open a new homestand with a battle against the Mets, a game that went right down to the final out. They had the tying run in scoring position, a furious three-run rally in the ninth, but the Tribe fell short by a final score of 6-5. to five. That's your Week in Review. 
Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from Indians catcher Jan Gomes after this timeout on the Indians Radio Network. Pitch to him. Swing and a miss. Gomes throw to first. They got him. Oh, what a play. By plenty did Gomes pick off of Asael Garcia. I don't know where Garcia is going with a runner at second, and you're down five. And he was out by eight feet. And now an 0-2 count on Laurie. A runner at second, and now two down. Wow, what a throw by Gomes, who has been throwing this season like he's the reincarnation of Johnny Bench. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Indians looking for a big season from their catcher, Jan Gomes, who missed six weeks a year ago with the knee injury and that never did quite get going and, and recapture that form that won him an American League silver slugger behind the plate back in 2014. But uh, a really good offseason, an outstanding spring, and a pretty good start to the year for Gomes going as he continues to swing the bat well and throw out opposing base dealers with great regularity. And earlier this week we had a chance to catch up with Gomes and talk about the offseason, the preparations, and how he feels as this season begins. You know, going into these, this offseason, I was mainly just trying to you know, get more athletic, get more, like, mobile, and really just taking a full off season of just doing a lot of more baseball-oriented stuff. And, you know, even coming from last year, I felt great towards the end, so I just wanted to get back into it. Sometimes players get to the end of a season, and they're looking to take some time off, especially mm-hmm. catchers. But it sounds like you kind of dove right back in. Yeah, I took, a, took about a, a week maybe. And then I started hitting again, just mainly to just to get that feeling that I was having at the end of the year with my swing and just kind of keep it going. And it's interesting because I think every hitter or, or pitcher looks for different avenues to improve. Mm-hmm. And you met someone who eventually was hired here yeah. who really helped you explain Mike Barnett's role in, in what you did this offseason. Um, well, in the past offseason, I've just hit with a, with a high school coach there and and a couple other guys. I mean, the high school coach was mainly just throwing to us. He wasn't trying to, like, help much of our swing. But um, I just called him just to have somebody take a good look at me, take a, you know, see what uh, any kind of flaws or any kind of things that were going on during the offseason because, you know, you can hit as much as you can and everything, but you can fall into some bad habits when you don't, you know you're doing the wrong thing. And I just had him, you know, come and, Throw like throw to me and flip to me and just kind of getting into a into a nice groove of like a routine with him and you know it felt good having somebody that's coached in the big leagues with another team uh, kind of help me out. Jan Gomes joining us. Uh, we talk so much about hitting, but obviously a big part of your game is defense. Had a chance to visit Ben Francisco this spring. He did a, at one of our games. A former teammate, I think, yeah. for just a little while with the uh-huh. Blue Jays. And it kind of brought back to mind, you're still young as a catcher. And what are, what do you still work on despite the success you've had defensively to, to get even better defensively? Um, you know, going into it, you know, as, you know, sometimes you have a really good season and sometimes you, you know, out of nowhere you can just lose it. I just think uh, for me mainly, like, kind of talking about, like, my workouts the soft season was mainly, like, 
figuring out a way to get more athletic and figuring out a way to how can I, you know, bounce back in certain situations, like simplify things. And that's really just been my, like my main focus on, you know, every aspect of the game. You know, I, you know, as good as sometimes I can feel, there's always room to grow. Um, and I'm always wanting to learn from anybody that's ready to, you know, to, to teach me. And, you know, having Sandy here, you know, it kind of goes back with having Barney in the offseason. Uh, you know, having Sandy here, he was a tremendous catcher. And having him taking a look at me when something, like, I feel is not going right, he tends to, to help me out really big time and put him back in the right place. You'll be catching Corey Kluber tonight. And uh, what do you see from him this spring? And, and what do you like about his potential here this season? Um, what was, I, I don't know, I don't want to say it was, like, surprising because he's, you know, his focus is unbelievable. But it was something kind of, I guess, new or maybe something that we hadn't talked about. It was his competitiveness, like, right from the get-go. You know, it was something that, you know, mainly, like, pitchers, you know, you're, you're going from day one of throwing, like, the first couple outies or something like that. You're trying to get a feel of things and, you know, trying to, you know, get your arm in shape and all this. But... Kluber was, you know, ready to strike people out or ready to get through his outing, you know, as competitive as he could and, you know, just as game-like as he could. And I think that kind of plays into, like, his development, you know, starting off, you know, the season hot or, you know, getting getting his adjusted to, to game life when season does start. So that was kind of something really cool to see and see him working on extra pitches or doing something that he could, you know, he could get better. First day since Saturday that the team's going to play. Uh, it's been off and on uh, so far in, in the first week. How do, how do you and, and the other players deal with that to, to try and be sharp as you can? Um, you know, the weather is something you can't control. But, um, you know, especially a couple of days that we, um, like at home or even uh, a couple of days ago, we got, uh, we got like, called really early. You know, we, we had to either get out of town or something like that really early and, and then whenever that happens, I still try to go and, you know, get a, a full round of big PN or just having a couple coaches come in and, like, let me go through my whole routine and just trying to get a couple arms in just so you're still getting your timing in. And really just, even though, like, especially, you know, this last couple of days has been really weird because we ended up having two days off. But uh, when that happens, I'm mainly just trying to, get a full workout in and trying to get a, a good uh, good pump in, just a good sweat in, just to kind of keep your body going. And, you know, it was interesting just out there today, you know, we had an early BP and it was pretty much the whole team out there trying to get some extra swings. So that's that's really mainly what we're trying to trying to focus on. And even though, like, our games get canceled, we still go out there and try to try to get some extra swings in and keep trying to get our timing down. All right, Jan, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you. That's Jan Gomes, Indians catcher, talking about his season and uh, some of the challenges for the Indians in the early season with a lot of the bad weather over that first week or so. Stay with us. We'll have more to come after this on the Indians Radio Network. Again, the payoff delivery. A swing and a smash into right field. Major League hit number one for Tyler Naquin. Shot it between first and second into right field. That baseball will go to the Indians' dugout. And that baseball 
will be in the possession of Tyler Naquin. His mom and dad have been able to come up here for the the debut of their son. And he had a tremendous at bat. Looked like he got a curveball. Stayed back on it. And Tyler Naquin with a single to right. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where the Indians are playing the Mets this weekend. Some interleague play for the first time this season. They have a new outfielder, a rookie in center field from time to time. That's Tyler Naquin who hasn't seen much playing time early because of the amount of left-handers that the Indians have seen on the mound. But Naquin had a big day on Thursday afternoon down in St. Pete against the Tampa Bay Rays, a three-hit day. He drove in his first run as a major leaguer, and he talked about it yesterday on Friday about the success that he has been able to have so far despite the infrequent playing time and how he has handled that. Uh, just staying on the same routine, being consistent, uh, putting myself in the best position to uh, to hit and see pitches as best I can. And, um, you know, just working in the cage every day and <clears> – <throat> taking BP, the same routine, same approach, and knowing that, you know, whenever my name's called, you know, I'm ready to go. You know, there's really there's really no excuse. So, uh, you know, just keep keep my head in the game, you know, still going, you know, listening in those meetings and looking at these guys and making sure I know what's going on because, you know, you know I got to be ready to go. As a young player, are there certain other players that maybe you lean on during that time that you're not playing? Learn as you go along here at the big league level? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I talk to guys all the time, you know, Napoli, uh, Brantley, Kipnis, you know, I could go on and on, even Cal Gill, you know, uh, Bird, Rajay. I mean, I could go all the way down the line for the older players, but um, those guys have always been really, really great to me, and, you know, they help. Those guys are smart. You know, that's why they've been doing this for a while, and, um, you know, they're just a huge help. And you get in there yesterday, you're right in the middle of a, a real solid effort by the Indians, and uh, impressions of, of the team a weekend with all the weather issues come home from a road trip over 500. Uh, your thoughts on, on how things have gone team-wise. Great. You know, like I've said before, and I'll say it 100 times, you know, this team's got a lot of talent, and with the work ethic that everybody in here has is just through the roof, and, you know, I, I, I'd put this team against any any ball club any day, and, uh, you know, we can win a lot of games, and especially with that pitching, and, you know, we got a deep lineup, so, uh, you know, it's going to be it's gonna be extremely fun. Tyler Naquin joining us, Indians outfielder, uh, back in there tonight against the Mets, and uh, about a week, 10 days in the major leagues. Is it what you th you thought it would be? Any surprises one way or another? I mean, it's more than more than what I thought it would be. Uh, you know, it's, it's just very exciting. You know, sometimes I got to, you know, check myself at the at the door and realize, you know, I hey, mean, this is the big leagues, and it's just very, it's almost surreal. You know, it's almost not like a real feeling sometimes, but it is, you know, and I, you know, I know I belong here and, uh, you know, come here with the right attitude and the right approach and uh, stay consistent, you know, do whatever I can to, you know, help this team win ball games. At the end of the day, a W is the only stat that counts. You know, if I go over four, um, you know, but I'm able to get a walk and score a run, or somehow make a good play in the on defense, just be able to be able to help in any way. From a fan's perspective, it's probably obvious differences between major leagues and minor leagues. But from a player's perspective, what what has been the biggest difference for you? Just you know, teaching yourself to slow the game down. You know, because it's going to speed up on you, you know, each level you climb. And just, uh, you know, take note to the other guys. You know, like I said, watching, you know, Napoli, Brantley, um, Rajay, you know, Kipnis, guys like that, you know, they, they're always very calm, same routine, constant, constant work, work ethic is through the roof. And it's just, you know, that's how you 
you know, you go into the game, you know, you're prepared. You know, you're, you're not going to be surprised at, you know, at a good outcome, you know, a good, a good performance. So just being able to stay on that routine and just, uh, you know, stay in the game, in the moment, and just take it one pitch at a time. You just spent an afternoon chasing down fly balls at Tropicana Field indoors. Not easy for anybody. Nice to get back outside tonight. It is. It, you know, I, I honestly, I liked playing in Tampa. Just a couple of those balls you saw, you know, Bird lost one kind of in the lights, and he made a, an awesome play on that ball. Um, and just it's a little bit different inside, especially with the rafters and the catwalks, but it is nice to get back outside, you know, nice and sunny, so it'll be exciting. All right, Tyler, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it. Thank you all. That's Indians rookie outfielder Tyler Naquin, who really has been the consummate professional in a situation that's not easy for most players, especially young players, just breaking into the major leagues. Speaking of young players, when we come back, we'll hear from Carter Hawkins, the Indians Director of Player Development. That's next after this on the Indians Radio Network. Sale is ready. Checks the runner, comes to the plate, and it's swung on, skied in the air to deep center. Back goes Jackson, on the track, at the wall, it is gone! Mike Napoli with a two-run home run to center has tied this game at two. A towering drive to center field, and Napoli has his second home run of the young campaign. And he continues to be a force on the field, in the clubhouse, you name it. Welcome back to our final segment of Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Each week we are joined by Carter Hawkins, the Indians Director of Player Development, the weekly farm report. And this week when we caught up with Carter, we talked about the AA Akron Ball Club, but also some of the challenges that the Indians minor league teams have had trying to get games in, very similar to the big club, especially down at AAA Columbus. But Carter says it's all part of early season baseball, trying to get things going. They have, you know, for the most part, Rosie. I mean, they get so spoiled, you know, in spring training with it being 85 or 90 and sunny every single day and rarely, you know, even a cloud in the sky. And then we get out here in April and it's certainly something we have to battle to what that is. And uh, Columbus is, is definitely born the brunt of that. You know, we played a couple times here in the first week, but really just been able to get some get some games in. Akron's had one game canceled. They played all their games, although there was a, a hail delay uh, in their first game. So you know, you always see something something new in the minor leagues. But uh, regardless, we're we're just looking forward to a little bit warmer weather, a little bit more consistent schedule here going forward. And you mentioned Columbus, and obviously there there were kind of some pressing needs there with rehab players Michael Brantley and Lonnie Chisenhall and Tommy Hunter down there. Uh, for the fo- those who haven't been down there fan-wise, uh, how good are the facilities there to try and get some work done inside if the weather's not good? You know, Ken Shockey and his group down there, you know, they do an outstanding job. You know, he, he likes to call it the 31st team, and, and that's, that's a realistic uh, name for, for what they really have down there. They, um, you know, have – Major League batting tunnels that are, you know, as good, if not better than, than most 30 teams. And their clubhouse facility is outstanding. Their, their services are outstanding. So in terms of what they can get done inside, uh, that 
that clubhouse, those facilities are as good as any major league club. So although not ideal to not have those guys playing outside, they're at least in a good spot to, to handle it when it does rain or when it does snow or, or just get you know really, really cold. Well, on the field, we'll focus on A Akron this week. Uh, some really nice prospects down there, some good pitching down there, and they're off to a tremendous start. And why don't we start position player-wise? Uh, I know that Clint Frazier and Bradley Zimmer are in the home run column, and uh, how impressive have they been to get their seasons off to good starts? Yeah, it's really outstanding. You know, I mentioned the uh, the Arizona weather and it, it being so warm, and you know it can be a shock to a lot of guys' system when they get out to, to Akron or Columbus or Lake County in April. You'll have to adjust right out of the gates to 40, 35 degree weather, and you know, both of those guys, in addition to that, really that entire Akron club um, has come out swinging. So we, we couldn't be more encouraged. I think it really speaks to the off season that both of those guys had and, and the intent that they put in during spring training. And, and we're just excited to see them you know, continue to stay on the roll that they're on right now. And just as impressive has been the pitching. And I know there's a, a lot of talk about how strong the, the AAA Columbus starting rotation is, especially in terms of major league depth. But Looks like some good stuff coming at the double-A level, and let's start with Adam Plutko. We saw him a little bit in spring training major league side, and it uh, sounds like his first start went extremely well. Yeah, Plutko in a really good spot. You know, he, he had a, a solid major league spring training. You know, it was the first time he was coming out of a bullpen. Obviously, he couldn't get um, starts you know, with all the starting pitchers we had in the major league level you know, right now. So during spring training, he was coming out of the first time, and I think he really was excited about getting back to his normal starting pitcher routine now that, you know, he's with the club and, and you know, just had a great start, um, you know, on opening night there for Akron. He's a guy that is, has a great skill to pitch, but he's also added some velocity and added some stuff over the offseason. Um, spent all of January and February in the year getting ready for this year. And he's certainly on Tito's radar as, a, as another uh, starting pitching depth option. So I'm um, really excited about you know, where he's at and his Really excited to see him continue to move forward. And you have an Ohio kid in that starting rotation, Dace Kime. And uh, I know at times he, he's battled through some things in his pro career to, to get where he is now. But what are you seeing from him very early in the season? Yeah, Dace is another guy that had a great offseason. Um, he came in uh, spring training and, and added some, basically some mobility, very similar to Cody Anderson uh, last year coming in adding some mobility in his hand strength just so he can get a little bit better position, utilize his strength a little bit more. You know, as any of us know, to try to add some mobility or just you know, stretch on a consistent basis, it's not an easy thing to do. And his Dace was extremely diligent through that process, and it's allowed him to really increase his ability on the mound. And you know, from two years ago to today, he's, he's really, I don't want to say a different pitcher, but he's more consistent pitcher and, and really getting into his power starting to spin his breaking ball a lot better. And then he had a strong start uh, last night and, and got the win for Hacker. So we're, we're very encouraged by the direction he's going. And I know an interesting name for fans to follow because he came over in a trade last summer from the Cardinals is Rob Kaminsky. And he's at the AA level for the first time. And, and what are you seeing from him from spring training and now on into the regular season? Yeah, Rob battled for his, you know, his first start this year and I think got through six innings, didn't give up a run. Um, didn't miss a ton of bats, but, you know, got around balls when he needed to, stayed down in the zone, really attacked hitters. And that's the name of the game. You know, when you're throwing strikes, you're making hitters beat you. And more often than not, you know, you're going to win those battles. And 
he um, you know, was able to get the W for, for Akron. And very similarly through spring training, he was, you know, battling hitters, going after guys, you know, using all of his pitches and just really having a great feel to pitch. So we're excited about Ralph, obviously, as well. You know, a guy that we're, we're still getting to know to some extent just because he didn't pitch much when he came over in the trade last year from St. Louis. Um, and then obviously uh, just one start thus far. But, you know, another name to watch uh, in our starting pitching depth options and, you know, another part of that staff in Akron that really all five of those guys that have gone through and they're 5-0 now and then all, all got a W, so it's pretty encouraging to see that happen. And another of those names we saw in Major League Camp, Sean Morimondo, and he's been at this level before. And uh, How do you make sure that, that his, his head is in the right spot to, to get the things done that he needs to get done and improve? It's not an interesting case just from a developmental standpoint. It seems sometimes like he's a veteran of the staff, um, that he's been at a level, you know, for more than one year or, you know, just been in the system for a long time. But he's so young. You know, he came out of Virginia Beach, Virginia, and, and was one of the you know, the younger guys in our draft. Um, and he's always been one of the youngest guys on each staff that he's been on, despite the fact that he's been around longer than most of the guys around him. Um, but uh, he, he's not a guy you got to worry about in terms of, of mindset, in terms of, you know, keeping the mind in the moment, just trying to, to get uh, better every single day. And, and that's, you know, showing his improvement from year to year. And, you know, his velocity has picked up, his command is starting to improve. And obviously, you know, the strides that he's made there have been rewarded with that, you know, putting him on the major league roster. And, you know, uh, another guy, obviously, that, that is on the radar for a major league opportunity here sooner than later. So he's in a really good spot. And, and despite his age, you know, is, is a leader within the organization and, you know, couldn't be more proud of, of the process that he's gone through over the last few years. Indians Director of Player Development, Carter Hawkins, joining us. Uh, well, we opened with weather. We'll close with weather. Maybe the, the biggest upset weather-wise is Lake County getting its games in. And, and uh, how are they doing it, Carter? How are they getting those games in in the Midwest League? Not, a, not an easy spot. <laughs> I know that I was talking to, uh, to Tony Mansuela, the manager, yesterday. He played in some cold games. He, he actually was a, a teammate of mine down at Vanderbilt way, way back, and, and we, we had some cold days together. And he, he said, Carter, you know, this, this game I played in West Michigan the other night was as cold as, as I've ever been a part of. I couldn't even talk to our players, and they got to third base, and I was coaching third. So he, he, was, he was amazed that they were able to get the games in as well. But it's just a scrappy bunch. You know, it's a, it's a bunch of new draftees. Our scouts did an outstanding job finding some – really mentally tough guys that also can play the game the right way. And, um, you know, they've put together some wins. They've been able to battle through the elements. And um, I'm just really, really excited to watch these guys play over the course of the year together and let, watch them merge. But um, they definitely, uh, definitely win the award for toughness here early in April. Well, sunnier, warmer days are ahead for sure. And uh, that's all part of early season in the minor league system as well. Carter, thanks for coming by. Appreciate it. Rosie, always a pleasure. That's Carter Hawkins, the Indians Director of Player Development. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Glad you could join us this weekend. We'll catch up with you next week when the team is in Detroit taking on the Tigers. So until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. It starts from the very first inning. Indian Fever. Each game is a friend. It's the hits, the homers, the double plays. It's how you feel when we win. So catch Indian Fever. Indian Fever. With
Listening to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, where winners eat. this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.